Hi, this is Tony Tolato, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our own humanity. My series of specials on Cosmos continues on season number three from 2019 at New York Comic Con in just a moment. These were interviews that were uh, recorded almost two years ago for reasons that I will get into in the supplement episode. These interviews were delayed for a reason. Without further ado, from New York Comic Con, here is executive producer Mitch Canhold about the new season. I'm glad you're back. Kind of explain how that all happened. Well, we're glad we're back, too. The first Cosmos uh, was, I guess, around 40 years ago, hosted by Carl Sagan, written by Steve Soder and Andrean and Carl Sagan. And the second one was five years ago. That was the second season. And there's so many incredible stories to tell. And the second one, which was a space-time odyssey and took us on a great journey to understand space and time, and that was the focus and the theme of it, is the scale of the universe and the scale of time uh, as a measure of that. This season is entitled Possible Worlds, and it took the years it's taken to produce the show. We shot around the world on multiple continents, multiple units. Um, we started filming well over a year ago, and the time before that was the curation and the creation of the stories. Now, one thing that we discovered is in the five years since the previous season, science and the discovery uh, of possible worlds, whether that's exoplanets in the realm uh, of the habitable zone, or whether it's, you know, brain understanding of how the brain works, has moved forward so much. There are so many incredible thematics and stories that possible worlds in the years that intervened we created these stories that are um, about what's possible for us and it has a positive and a hopeful sense to it because humanity we cling to this little frail dust mode as Carl Sagan said hanging in space and it's the only place we've known you know, now it's possible we may, knew, we may know other habitable planets, but technology has to catch up for us to make it to those places. So in the five years that have intervened, I would say there's been great scientific discovery, and there's also been a great cu- curation of stories that come from a place of what is possible. That's kind of exciting, and I think you're going to love the season. It's going to be a great season. Technology, as he mentioned, has progressed from the original Cosmos, and here is more on that. I think that, first of all, there's a lot of private activity in in space that's happening right now, and I think there's also a turn uh, of interest. People are kind of uh, tuning into um, the possibilities of space travel and what can happen out there. Um, And technology is such that the technology that was carried on the Voyager spacecrafts can now fit on uh, a chip the size of a pea. So when you have a spacecraft that can have as much information as Voyager uh, and yet fit on such a small thing, you can send thousands of them out, which means you can send these robotic emissaries out 
um, and maybe accelerate them to a speed that would be dangerous otherwise if it ran into a piece of dust in space. But with a thousand of them, you could afford some attrition and we might get to Alpha Centauri and send back information we've never seen before. Second, I think that there's a lot we don't know about our own planet and there's a lot that we can do to help uh, preserve life on this planet and we're not doing that yet so I think that part of what Cosmos is saying is, is are we prepared to discover intelligent life out there how prepared are we to recognize it here and you know there's so many opportunities to develop technologies to help us here that will help us with you know multi-generational internet uh, 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 you know, a multi-generational spacecraft travel to these, because it takes a long time to, to get to these. So I think um, you're right. There has been a lack of funding and interest. And part of what Cosmos does is tell you stories that excite you about what science can do for you. And, um, you know, when science is STEM learning and rote learning, I think it, it can turn off a great swath of people. But when it's the most important stories of who we are and why we are here uh, and what we can be, and it, it's filled with the potential of, of, of a, a, a great future as opposed to the dire threat of a terrible future, then I think um, we can take action. And, and what we're able to accomplish as a, as a species in 50 years can't be overlooked. So I know you're recognizing something that's happening today but I'm excited about what the next 50 years will bring. Speaking of tech, he comments on the tech used in the series. Kind of on multi-levels, we have animation, we have visual effects, we have live action photography, and we have a mix of all three. We have historic footage, uh, and we have um, uh, difficult footage that requires an event that happens maybe once a year for us to be able to accomplish, whether that's you know, the easiest one to think of is the bloom of wildflowers, but it could be as complicated as cliffs that are slowly falling into the ocean or something like that, where you, you go and you wait for it, you know, and you have your duck blind, so to speak, and you sit there and you wait for the... So um, those are challenges. We shoot around the world, and that's a challenge, you know, including filming in in China at, at, at very sensitive facilities, which we did this year, a uh, radio telescope facility. And so we have to have specialized units for each one of these who have a knowledge of visual effects, who have a knowledge of traditional documentary filmmaking, who have a knowledge of um, working in remote locations or various countries. One of the great advances this year has been like to recognize that five years ago everything that was aerial had to be a helicopter. Drones are just incredible tools and now they're prolific. Anywhere in the world you go, you go, okay, there's the drone guy. Well, we all know anybody can buy a drone and shoot 4K. There's more sci-fi talk, so please stick around. Let's get back to sci-fi talk. I'm Tony Tolado on sci-fi talk with executive producer Brandon Braga. You know, we wanted the show to, to this show's a little this season's a little more speculative. Like um, last season, laid down some the fundamentals. Now this time, we're, we're going to go to exoplanets, and we're going to go to 
possible futures for humanity, as a, the future is a possible world, planets are a possible world. We do an episode about the brain. We do an episode about the unbelievable organism of, of, the, tr of the tree, um, and which we've never stopped really to understand what forests really are, um, which is a, a, a giant alien organism called Possible Worlds because we're, go, we're taking the audience down to the quantum realm, where the strangest scale we know in the universe, and um, we, you know, we really want to kind of knock their socks off and it's make it at least as good as last season turned out miraculously. He talks about the lessons they learned from past episodes. We learn not to never, we, we were always cognizant to never dumb down the science and just be direct with it, clear, as clear as we can be, if anything, we, you know, we're, and it's the same here, it's never dumb it down, just give it to the audience, they can, and if they don't understand it the first time, they, they will eventually, or uh, like myself included, uh, and, um, and we're all, it, very careful to make things as clear as we can and hopefully we're successful but that's really we learned people were undaunted by even the more challenging concepts they want they wanted it you know? and they're always learning new lessons too something else we learned from last time young people watch this show our biggest demographic were teenagers and kids love it um, I've seen some videos of cats watching the show, but that's not really going to change things. Uh, but um, look, Andrewian has a phrase she uses all the time, which is the show's motto, which is, it matters what's true. You can't go to the moon based on falsehoods. You can't cure smallpox with lies. You can't do anything with lies. This is a show about what's true and what we know and how we can how we know it and how we can know more. And it's I, I to your point the most important time for the show to come out is right now. And here he talks about Andrewian. Um Andrewian, who you'll talk to, is really the, the true genius and visionary. Um made a past was talking about astrology and how she thought it was could lead to genocide and which I thought was a really weird comment until she explained it to me that because you were born in August I know what kind of person you are is a really scary thing if you take it to its natural extreme suddenly you're prejudging people based on the day and year they were born I mean, that's that's really reductive and really it's beyond I don't know what it is it's it's beyond racist it's it's weird so we I, we turned that into an Orville episode this year about a, uh, an alien civilization that based their fundamental beliefs and laws and are all based on uh, astrology their version of astrology so it's a really cool episode so that happened and what is his favorite possible world? My favorite possible world is the is the microverse, the microcosmos. Um, we live, you know, we have our scale that we think is the scale, but it's, there are infinite scales. There's the 
to much larger scales. But I'm really interested in the, what's happening microscopically. That's where all the cool stuff's happening, to be honest. Um, we, 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 we have discovered an estimated 1% of the microorganisms that exist. Um, if you go down to the quantum realm, that's where things get really interesting and mind-boggling. Um, so I would want to shrink down. There won't be another planet I'd want to go to. I'd want to shrink down. There's an interesting connection between Star Trek and Cosmos. On Star Trek, I, I use quantum physics principles uh, several times to do episodes. Some very popular ones. But until I actually started really trying to understand it for episode 9 of this season, called Magic Without Lies, which is really what the quantum realm feels like, um, I, I think I understand it now. I think. And, uh, and hopefully we can convey it to an audience in a way that, that they'll understand. I think, I'm sure Ant-Man used it in ways that I did to have fun. But when you really look at it, it'll turn your, it'll, it'll make you crazy in a good way. <laughs> and that concludes all of my specials on Cosmos. As I mentioned in the first episode, I think we have an inherent nature to kind of look around the corner. We'll learn what's out there and maybe learn about ourselves a little more, too, and what it really means to be human. This is Tony Tolato.